how much good it does me to see you here. And I, and you know, and I'm not just speaking collectively uh, because there are any number of you that have looked at individually today and gone, boy, I'm glad they're here. Really, yeah. Uh, last week we talked about being called to community. We're talking about living drenched and how that happens. I mean, how what what makes you able to consistently live that way spiritually and we're on a four-week series right now about community and last week we talked about being called to community and this week we're going to talk about strength of community but before we get into it let me just say that this isn't just about why you should be in community um, because you need this strength it's about how strength comes from community and what you need to do to see to it that the community you're involved in, the church community you're involved in, uh, is one of strength, one that strengthens and builds people up. Would you stand with me? And let's read one verse of scripture together, Ecclesiastes 4.12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would fill this place and that you would transform us today. You are in the process of transforming us into the image of Christ. May something concrete happen in each of our lives today that brings us closer to where you are drawing us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, We all realize that um, to an extent there is safety and power uh, in numbers. Uh, there are areas where it's not safe to, to go alone, right? I mean, there are areas where you just aren't going to be walking there, um, some at certain times of the day, some at no time of the day do you want to be walking there. Um, and we, we generally have a sense, we generally have enough sense to avoid those areas. Not always, but most, most of us, most of the time, have enough sense to avoid those areas. Um, however, there are spiritual areas, there are areas in our lives that are invisible to some extent that you can't see, you can't say, well, it's down on this particular street at, at this particular corner that are far more dangerous than anything we encounter, uh, in the physical realm. And we tend to ignore, we tend to ignore those, uh, and when I say ignore those places, I, I mean not go there. We tend to ignore all the warning signs and we do go there. We, we just, we walk right into them. There, there we are. Um, and so when we're, when we're talking about the strength of community and the strength uh, in numbers, I'm not necessarily talking about just in the physical. Now, in the physical, that can help. Uh, some people like to fight. I mean, you know, some people like to just, just get it on. And I don't understand those people at all. Uh, I mean, I, that's just never been me. I don't like to fight physically. I can only think of two times in my life that I've gotten in a fight. Both of them were in junior high and both of them were not fights that I wanted to be in. I did win both of them. Uh, cause I do like to compete. I don't, I don't like the fight, but I do like to compete when you, when you get right down to it. Uh, but now, especially at this age, you know, I'm not interested, 
Uh, if I were going to fight, though, I am glad to know that we have some black belts among us. And uh, here's one of them that we, that we have. Oh, wait a minute. No, man, that, no, that's a fork. That's, that's, not a, that's, not a, that's not a black belt. That's, a, that's, a, that's the, uh, yeah, that's the translucent lucent fork. That's on. But I know that this guy's a black belt, and I've got some other shots, and I, this must be the one. No, okay. Uh, he's got an axe. But, uh, all right, well, let's see. I, I know I put this picture in here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> You do know that there are different styles of karate. <laughs> There's the uh, crane thing. And apparently there is the bunny. But no, that, that's not it either. I just was impressed with that picture. I know I've got him in here somewhere. Ah, there he is in one of his fights. Okay. <laughs> or should I go, ah, yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's Rodney Boyd. And here's the deal. <laughs> you know, if I were, if I were in a, a physical fight, I mean, I, Rodney, you're welcome to come and help me anytime. Uh, I might prefer uh, some of the others here. But the kind of fight, the kind of war that I'm talking about, I'll take this guy to war with me anytime. When it, when it comes to fighting against, when it comes to fighting against the enemy, the the enemy of my of my soul. And if you're going to go to war, then you need those around you who can have your back, who can uh, who who can cover you. The military, they uh, they 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 move in platoons and squadrons and battalions and and regiments, and they and they all tend to work together. And I know that you know you got your special forces and stuff. Well, you know they only got five guys or three that went on that mission. Hey, look, they didn't build the helicopter they went to the mission on they, they didn't design the, the weapons that they took they didn't uh they, they didn't cook their well they might have cooked their meal that morning but you know they somebody's been feeding them somebody's been training them somebody's been putting things putting things together for them there are things that it's not possible to do alone there are things it's not safe to do alone we are responsible individually to the lord but in general, life is a team sport. It's like football or basketball or baseball. And when you're playing, uh, I promise you, uh, the other side has got 11 guys on the field. And if this is what your design looks like for a play, those other 11 are not thinking, I wonder what play he's going to run. They're not thinking, well, will this be a pass, do you think? No, they're going quarterback sneak, quarterback sneak, quarterback sneak. And they probably got you covered. You're, 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 you're not going to be able to get very far. None, none of us brings ourselves into the world. 
None of us are, are brought into this world by ourselves. And, and, it's, and it's not just at the beginning. It's really all throughout our lives. You got, you got people who are building the houses that you live in. You got teachers inspiring you and training you and getting you ready for life. You've got uh, physicians who, who, who take care of us when we, when we get hurt. You've got uh, 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 coaches Go get them, you know, uh, help, helping to encourage you in life. You've got policemen protecting you. You've got uh, farmers growing food for you. You've got factory workers making your, your cars and, and, and your carpets and your chairs and, and all of those other things. I mean, all of us have people helping us in, in various areas of our lives. Now, it isn't all about numbers. It's not like the more you got, the, the better it is. Quality does mean something above above quantity. We're in a culture that tends to think the bigger the better about everything when you get right down to it. That's one. But uh, supersize is not always even good for you. That's not, that's, that's, that's not always even, even the, you need enough, but you don't need more than enough. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with big. There's nothing necessarily wrong uh, with, a, with a mega church in the spirit. But it's not the be all and end all of solutions. And sometimes too many is a drawback. Some, sometimes too many is a drawback. There's a couple of reasons for that. One of them is pride. When Gideon went to fight the Midianites, the Lord said to him over in Judges 7-2, you got too many men. I can't really do anything here because if I do it, then you'll think you did it because there's so many of you. You'll, you'll boast against me. Well, my own strength has saved me. Another, uh, another pitfall when there's too many is, is that we tend to t- at times fall into a mob mentality. Uh, the biggest crowd Jesus ever spoke to, um, at least as far as we can tell, was uh, right after he fed the 5,000. And uh, he preached a sermon, preached a great sermon. That's where, that's where he said, I am the bread of heaven. Uh, whoever, whoever eats this natural bread will die, but whoever believes in me will never die. It had some powerful stuff in it. But it ended up in this, on hearing it, many of his disciples said, ah, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Can you accept it? I can't accept it. Can, can you accept it? Hey, you know, he can't accept it and I can't accept it. Can you accept it? And the next thing you know, there's, there's a whole crowd kind of going, well, I, I can't accept it. Well, where'd everybody go? Well, I guess nobody believed it. And from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And sometimes a mob mentality ends up with us crying, crucify him. So it's not just about numbers. It isn't the fact that a a big crowd is needed, but the Christian life is a shared life. And part of the reason that it's a shared life is because we are at war. You have no option. You have no choice about that. The the warfare we're engaged in isn't uh, isn't essentially natural, but it is unavoidable. Ephesians 6.12 says our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms. A couple of things. It doesn't say, for if we struggle, it says our struggle I mean, you, this, is, this is going on. This is, this is happening, whether you recognize it or not. And you also don't see people mentioned 
at all in the list of those that our struggle is with. Because people are not the problem. People are the prize. You get right down. And if the enemy can get us to focus our, our, our attention and our energy on, on people and on what they're doing, then he's already won. These are, these are the people for whom Christ died. I, I mentioned last week that sometimes the church is not a very safe place. It's not a, has a reputation for kicking people when they're down, has a res, rep, reputation for making things worse rather than making things better. And here's kind of how we do it. We, we have a tendency, to, somebody does something. You know, and we have a tendency to go, do you know that she... Yeah, yes, she did. And what should we do about that? You know, we got to protect everybody else because if if she did that and somebody gets around her, they may do it too. So we kind of end up going up to that person and, 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 well, not to that person. That's not the first place to go. The first place to go is to to this person and go, you know, you you need to steer clear because she's trouble or he's trouble. You need to avoid that, that person because you'll get drawn into what it is that they're doing. And the next thing you know, that person is isolated. And, and, and then the next thing you know, we're, we're approaching them and going, you know, you did that and you know that it's bad and you know, you're bad for us. Rather, rather than approaching them in love and helping them be restored and be healed. The next thing you know, we're stomping all over them. So that's what tends, but people are not the problem. That's, that's, that's not, that's not what our struggle is with. And our weapons are not against people. (coughs) Second Corinthians 10, four says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. People sometimes have the strongholds in their lives, but they are not a stronghold. And what needs demolishing is what the enemy has built up in in their lives. And the kind of weapons that we use to demolish those things, you can't shoot that with a gun. You can't beat that with a club. Those aren't what the weapons are. These are the kinds of things that are the weapons. One of the weapons is prayer. And and it's really on a, on a couple of different levels. Obviously, prayer is is powerful and it's effective. It's It's what the scripture says. And you may say, well, you know, I've, I've never prayed and seen a miracle. I've never seen any big thing happen when I've prayed. Um, okay, uh, Grant, maybe, maybe you're not looking, but maybe, you know, maybe you've never seen, you know, any woo when you prayed. But it's, it's even deeper than that. I got a text message last night from a guy who, uh, who's done several plays with us. He's not really walking with the Lord and he... Uh, doesn't go to church or anything, but you know, that's the connect that we have with him. He, he does plays with us. And I got a text message last night and, uh, was, he said, will you and Margaret, uh, say a prayer for me? And that's, that's cool. That was great. But what was even greater was because I got to text him back and say, I pray for you almost every day. There's hardly a day that goes by that I don't lift your name up before the Lord. And you know, I don't know, I wasn't there when he got the text message back and, and I don't know how that impacted him or what was inside of him, but I, I know how it would have impacted me 
If I've been reaching out to somebody while I was searching and say, would you pray, pray for me? And they go, it's already happening. The Holy Spirit's already making me think about you. He's, he's already got that in motion. That, that's, something, that's something that's going on. Another thing is, uh, another weapon that we have is worship. Now, there's, there are many different kinds of worship. And uh, the, the style of worship that we have here is not the same style of worship as a liturgical church. It's not the same style of worship as many mainline churches, but it's the style of worship that, that we have. And there are, there are wilder and weirder places than us, that places that I don't want to go, quite frankly. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the level of wildness and weirdness that we have here. Uh, but here's, here's the thing. Whether, regardless of which style that it is, when you enter into it, the atmosphere of the place changes. You know? I mean, if we're here and, and these, these, this worship team is up here and they're just pumping it out and putting everything they got into it and we're all sitting, just kind of going, then it's going to not feel the same as if we're all, you know, pushing in. Uh, same way, if you go to a liturgical church and, the, and there's, there's silence, there's smells and bells and beauty and all of this stuff all around you, uh, that is worship. And there is a presence of the Holy Spirit there. And that presence will be hurt if in the middle of, you know, something ritual going on, somebody jumps up and yells, well, hallelujah, praise God, you know. Because that's not entering in to what the, the worship is that's going on there. Now, here's, here's, what, here's the reason I'm saying it, it's a weapon. Okay, let's, we know what our style of worship is. Even on a bad Sunday, it feels different here than it feels at Walmart. It, it feels different here than, than it does, you know, at the gas station or, or at the... Um, place where they check your emissions and stuff like that. I mean, there's a different feeling here, and, and it's, it's the intensity of the presence of God, right? Okay, there are, there are some weeks where that presence, that intensity, is, seems stronger than others. Can you go there with me? I mean, it's not the same here every Sunday, and it's not necessarily a matter of what songs they selected. Oh, well, God was really there today because the songs were fast, you know. Or God was really there today because there was this, you know, nice, deep, worshipful music, slow thing going on. You know, that has nothing to do with it. What has to do with it is whether or not I come and enter into it. It changes the atmosphere of the place. You see, and you may go, well, I don't really feel like entering in this week. Oh, this is a big boat. And there's somebody else down the aisle and they can feel like entering in this weekend and it'll change you. And then when you come next time, you go ahead and push in because they may have had a, 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 a dreadful week or a dreadful day or a dreadful drive to church. But when we, when we move in, things change. Oftentimes when people come down to, to pray at the end of the service, and I'll say, if you don't need to come, worship. Don't just act like this is the, the last song. 
worship because it will create an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to move for those who do need to come. There's power there. There's strength there. These are the weapons that we use. Uh, another, another weapon that we use is encouragement. The world is a, uh, is a discouraging place. It, it's, a, it's a discouraging place. It, it really is. And when we, when we come together in community, when we come together uh, in the Lord, in, in, in church, it ought to be a place where that counteracts that. It ought to be a place that, that, that lifts up and builds up. Now, you know, nobody, nobody gets it right all the time. I remember, <laughs> uh, uh, gee, this was probably 20-something years ago, um, we had a softball team. And one of the guys on the softball team, I let him share on, on Wednesday night. And uh, his name was Mike. He doesn't go in here anymore. Uh, but he, he was sharing about encouragement. And we had just played a game uh, the, the night before or a couple of nights earlier. And uh, he was at, up at bat and I was in the on-deck circle. I was after him. And he, it was slow-pitch softball, right? He struck out looking. Now, for those of you who know anything about slow-pitch softball, you don't strike out looking in slow-pitch softball. You know, you got two strikes, it looks like it's anywhere close, you can at least foul that thing off. Yeah. Struck out looking. And uh, so he comes walking back to the dugout, and he says, but you know, I knew my pastor was there. He was going <laughs> to... He was going to say some... You know, comforting, encouraging words to me. <laughs> Some of the people over here know me and have known me for a while. <laughs> you know, and I and I and I did. Uh, you know, as, as he walked past, <laughs> I said, uh, "That was cute." <laughs> Yeah, like I say, he doesn't attend here anymore. Uh, fortunately, we were close enough that, that, you know, that wasn't as terrible as it sounds. And, you know, I gave him a good hug afterwards and things like that. But, uh, hey, guys, we're supposed, to, we're supposed to encourage one. There's strength in encouraging one another. There's strength in you know, putting your arm around somebody and just going, I believe in you. I, I, it's going to be all right. I believe in the, in the Jesus that's in you. I see the Jesus that's in you. Yeah, I, I, I know that it's maybe not been a good time that you're going through right now, but, but man, you don't know how much it encourages me to, to see you, to see how you're handling it when you go through it. Uh, Gary Montgomery has shared a, a number of times because he often stands in the back and kind of watches things. And I often stand in the front and kind of watch things. And as a pastor, you know, I'm, I know what's going on in a bunch of people's lives. And when I, and when I see them in the midst of suffering, in, in the midst of struggle, in the midst of difficulties, you know, just standing there and giving it all to Jesus, whoo, that does something. And, and on occasion, it's good to go up and tell them, you just, you just really ministered to me today. Uh, you didn't get up and say anything. You didn't know anybody was looking at you. 
but you ministered to me. And then we're called to love one another. That's, that's the biggest weapon that we've got. When I came back to the Lord in 1975, one, one of my major concerns was whether, whether it would last. A lot of you have heard me share that before. My experience in the faith had, you know, kind of been something like this. And actually, it wasn't really like a roller coaster. It was like one of those rides that they have now where you go up, 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 and then... <laughs> And then they just drop the thing. And then you kind of start slowly going back up again. And, and I went, you know, God, I don't, don't really want to do that anymore. And three things uh, intervened in my life. Uh, one of the things I don't necessarily recommend, but it, was, um, but it was true anyway. I had spent several years out there living my life as if there were no God. And I had discovered there's nothing there. That's a real dead end. I mean, it may look enticing and have some um, bells and whistles when you first get into it, but there's just, it goes nowhere, absolutely nowhere. So, you know, I, what am I going to do? I, I, I certainly don't want to live that way. Uh, another thing was uh, that I seriously begin to get into the Word every day, begin to make it a part of my life. And I'll tell you what, if you seriously make the Word, a, if, you're, if you're one of these Christians, if you will seriously, I'm telling you how to fix it. If you'll seriously make the word a part of your life every day, then this will stop happening. Now you'll have, you know, a little of this, but, but it won't be the big valleys and and all. But the thing that really happened was the, the, the Lord knitted me into community and knitted me into a a community of, of people who loved me. And I realized that that community had really always been there. I mean, when I wasn't with the Lord, there were people who loved me enough, they were praying for me. There were people who loved me enough that when they were rending the heavens with worship, I was on their, I was on their mind. I, I, was, on, I was on their heart. There, there were people who loved me enough to put up with all of the stuff that I was throwing at them and still would welcome me, would, would, would still allow me to actually be in their, in their, in their presence and, and me be somebody that they actually wanted. That's, that's love. And then when I came into the, when I came into the, the kingdom, uh, uh, the Lord knitted me into a community and it was a community that, that fought for me. It, it was a community that, that fought alongside me. Uh, in the war that we're involved in, uh, not to be confused with the community that fought with me, uh, that, that sometimes feels like it happens. And next week we'll talk about the challenge of community, but one that, that, that would, that would fight alongside me. And, and since, I mean, the people who pray, there are people here who pray for me every day and, and there basically has been ever since I, I came back into the Lord. There are people who look out for me. There are people who hold me accountable. And when I say hold accountable, you know, I'm not necessarily talking about necessarily any deep, dark sin. But I'm talking about people who will say, where were you? I missed you. Yeah. Hey, what has God been saying to you lately? This is what I've been reading in the Bible. Where have you been reading? You know, and not from a standpoint of, I've been reading the Bible. Have you? But from a standpoint of, this is, this is life. This is, this is real life. Well, how, how's, how's your spiritual temperature? People who will take my spiritual temperature or pulse, or I, I guess that's what you get there is pulse. But, you know, people who will take my spiritual pulse, my spiritual temperature, uh, not because they're, they're trying to one-up me, but because they're, they care. 
because they care. It's impossible to feel loved and feel worthless at the same time. It's impossible to feel loved and be truly discouraged. It's impossible to, to feel love and feel like people actually care about you and, and at the same time feel like, eh, life, there's not, nothing, nothing going on here that's worth anything. The Christian life is undeniably meant to be one of community and, and one of diversity. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14, and, and I love this back half of the, of the Corinthians uh, chapter 12, but we're only going to look at three verses and we're just going to blitz those. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit as to form one body whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink, even so the body is not made up of one part but of many. If you're in Christ, you are not alone, and you're not intended to be alone. The body is made up of many parts, and you're one of those parts, and you are not all of those parts, and you cannot be all of those parts. Because the Bible says you're not. It's good for there to be different parts. Good on a number of different levels. Universally, for one thing, the enemy can't cover all the fronts that we create for him. All of the ways that we come at him. You know, you've got, certainly you have your liturgical uh, churches and, you, and, and this, the smells and bells and everything. And then, you know, you've got your cowboy churches and you've you got your, your hip-hop churches and you got your, you, you know, you got all of this, all of this stuff. And, and the enemy, you, I, it's got to drive him crazy. He would love it if we said, this is the way you have to do it and there is no other way. And so it's great that they're out there. I was I was at a funeral yesterday, and uh, one of the one of the people that I knew was introducing me to another pastor who was there, and uh, he said, "But you guys probably know each other." I said, "What?" He said, "Well, yeah, pastors. You know, they're all kind of in a fraternity, right?" I said, "Yeah. Uh, you know, there's Kappa Sigma, and there's Kappa Alpha, and there's all these different fraternities, and we're we're on the same campus, but." I don't know that we're necessarily in the the same fraternity. You know, find where it is that your family is, that that your home is. And I promise you, you know, if you're a rip-roar and tear it up, hallelujah, praise God, somebody say joy kind of person. You know, don't go to try and fix the Presbyterian church down the street. I, 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 when we, uh, uh, quite a few years ago, probably close to 20 years ago, we had a joint service with uh, St. Patrick's Anglican. It was All Saints Episcopal at the time, but we had a joint service with them where we had the, um, uh, we did a prayer, prayer book service, but uh, Father Ray got us some dispensations and kind of worked some things around where we could use our worship team uh, to do it. And it was, <laughs> it, it was, it was a strange looking animal. Uh, but it was great, and uh, a lot of their people came, a lot of our people came, but my favorite thing happened afterwards. I was talking to a guy from our church, and he had a friend who attends that church, and he said, you know what that guy said to me? 
he came up and said to me, I bet y'all really enjoyed finally having some order in your service. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, and of course, uh, our people were kind of going, boy, I bet y'all really enjoyed having some life, you know, in your service. Well, you know what? We have order. It just doesn't look like theirs. They have life. It just doesn't look like ours. And the, and the enemy doesn't know which, what's, which, which way to turn. Every which way it's, it's coming at. Somebody's there who'll say, hey, come, let's go worship Jesus together. Some like a large gathering, a mega church gathering. And, and the, more, the larger you are, the more you can do. But the easier it is to get lost. And the smaller you are, the, the closer the relationships, but the, um, the less you can do, and, and you're really more likely to get into error. That's where a lot of serious error develops. You know, but find where God has put you, where, where he wants you to be. Some people need suits. That's, that's who they are. That's, that's what they are. Some people, some people need not suits. You cannot say that you don't need any of those parts because you do now, now there are doctrinal and, and even style issues over over which we don't necessarily need to be beaming together all the time but uh, as long as they hold the core values of the faith you know there are perfectly wonderful churches that you can go to and if you don't speak in tongues they're going to pray for you until you get it because there's something wrong with you. you just, you're, just not, you're just not getting it. There are some wonderful churches you can go to. And if you do speak in tongues, they ain't going to let you stay there. <laughs> but they're both wonderful places where Christ is honored and Christ is, Christ is glorified. And then personally, if the enemy gets you alone, this is what it looks like. You're the slowest zebra. You're the elephant who wandered off from the, from the herd. You're the, you're, you're the water buffalo who's getting ready to be lunch. Because I promise you, he's stronger than you are. Oh, but brother, the one who's in me is stronger than he is. Well, you feel that way now. Do you feel that way at Walmart? Or, and I'm not banging on Walmart, but yeah, I'm just saying out there, you know, there are times when you're not going to feel that way. And so you need, you need to have, because when you're together in community and have that strength, this is what it looks like. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Sometimes you need a little help in resisting the devil. You need the hands, you need the feet, you need the ears, you need those other, there is power in people, people praying for you and encouraging you and holding you accountable because you see God's grace flows through people. God may be the the one who forgives and sometimes you can go, uh, God forgive me and he forgives you and you go, man, I feel so much better. Sometimes you need somebody to go, you know, you really are forgiven. You really are. And that's God's grace 
Someone said that the healing comes from God, but he chooses to use people to pray for you, to bring it about. It's important. There is strength in community. And in healthy community, I, I will say one other thing. I'm going to close with this. I rarely go to conferences anymore. And I mean, you know, I'm not talking about Comic Con. I mean, that'd be worth going to. But I mean, you know, pre- preacher conferences. I rarely, rarely go to them anymore. And the reason why I rarely go to them anymore is because it's always about how to get a bigger church, bigger church, bigger church, bigger church. There's nothing wrong with bigger church. I mean, that, that's, that's fine. You know, to a lot of people, this is a big church. But if your church is toxic, let's not try to get more people going there. Let's try to get it well. Let's try to get it healthy. And then the Lord can add whatever he wants to add to it. Uh, well, now you know that you not only need the strength of the community, you are the strength of the community. And these are the weapons that you use. Would you stand with me? Would those people who are going to uh, pray with others, would they, would they come down? Uh, and they're not the only ones to whom the grace of God will flow today, but the grace of God will flow through them. If you need something from the Lord, you come. And if you don't, will you worship with us? Will you, will you press in for their sakes to create an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can move and do what He wants to do? I know you will. I know you will. You hold my every moment. You calm my raging seas You walk with me through fire And heal all my disease I trust in you I trust in you
I love you guys. Seriously. Raise your hand. Let me give you a blessing. May the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who sent his Son into the world so that we may be one, may you have the strength of that oneness flowing through your life, the joy of that oneness flowing through your life the faith of that oneness flowing through your life. And may you beautify Jesus together with all the saints to all the world around you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.